Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 18th. This is week seven of the 2022 NFL season. My, how time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web, of course, at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well. Yeah, time definitely flies when you're having fun. I can't believe it's week seven already. I know I lost, I lost almost this whole last week. Not lost. I took my son on a little trip, just the two of us, around the Midwest. Got to go see Soldier Field. And uh, we had a good time. But, boy, I'm still digging out from that week off at, at work and at home. So I definitely know what time lost or time spent elsewhere feels like. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's time that you can't get back, and you, you don't want to get back. I mean, that's, that's golden time. Uh, you know, he's, he's a young man. You've got to show him around, show, show him, uh, you know, the, the ropes and everything. So <laughs> that's what us middle-aged exactly. guys do. Anyway, <laughs> let's get right to the news and notes. Uh, uh, we, we had a trade, people. Uh, well, first of all, let's get to the injury that precipitated that trade. Uh, over in Arizona, Marquise Brown left the game late last week with a, a serious foot injury. Uh, at first, they thought he might be out for the season, but it looks like he's going to be out at least six weeks. That's a serious blow. But we'll talk about the timing here. Marquise Brown exits, and DeAndre Hopkins comes back, right? Everything's good? I don't know. Well, the Cardinals felt that, uh, hey, let's uh, we see another disgruntled uh, wide receiver on this other team, Robbie, Ander- Robbie Anderson. Boy, I'd love to be able to fly, fly on, the, on the back uh, of the bench to hear exactly what was talked about that got him kicked out of the game and, and by his own coach to go back to the locker room. Uh, I'm not even sure. Did, did, did uh, he even get in the game? I'm not sure on that. But uh, he's gone. So they traded him to, uh, to the Cardinals for a, a 2024 sixth-round pick and a 2025 seventh-round pick. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess the Cardinals don't even, uh, barely have to pay him a, a, a million dollars. I think it was like 600000 or so left on his contract. So he comes on over. Now, he can kind of, it's going to be kind of a conglomeration here of the, in the terms of Marquis Brown's speed uh, can be uh, filled in uh, mostly by Robbie Anderson. Of course, you're going to have to learn the system and develop some chemistry there with Kyler Murray. Also, DeAndre Hopkins coming back. So what's your take on this whole situation, Chris? Uh, Hopkins, obviously, people have been holding him for a while. Uh, Robbie Anderson, is he worth anything for fantasy? What's your take? 
Yeah, there's a lot going on here, like you said. I actually think this trade was in the works or would have been in the works even without the Marquise Brown injury. I think they've been still looking for that that third option, and Rondale Moore hasn't been it to date. Um, they need somebody to fill that Christian Kirk role from last year, so if it can't be more, and now although it looks like it might be more, Anderson was a great cheap pickup. But uh, as far as DeAndre Hopkins goes, I really, really like him. We'll talk more about him a little bit later, kind of a little foreshadowing there. But uh, he's been talking about being ready, being in shape, jumping right in um, with the matchup and with the timing, some of the details. Again, we'll talk about it later. I think he's uh, he's going to hit the ground running and be a low-end one right off the bat. So if Robbie Anderson's on your league waiver wire, you grab him, right, and uh, at least stash him for now? I don't know. It depends on your league, your roster size and everything, of course. Um, uh, I think he's going to be better in a best ball league. I mean, he is – this generation's Deshaun Jackson, who also just got on the team yesterday. You know, he's 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 a 70-yard touchdown waiting to happen. But I don't know if there's going to be enough balls to go around with Hopkins and Moore and Zach Ertz and such uh, to make him absolutely worth a roster spot. But he's probably not bad if you've got room as a as a, as a lottery ticket. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Jackson, by the way, people signed with uh, Baltimore. Uh, he, he is going to go right to the active roster there. Rashard Bateman's trying to come back from a foot injury, but you know they need some uh, some uh, bolstering there. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, Deshaun still has less than a tank, but you know that's going to be interesting. That's a whole other side story. But uh, I'm with you there. Obviously, people are going to throw uh, DeAndre Hopkins right into their fantasy lineup. I think he's a uh, a WR2 right now with possible W1 upside. Uh, you see, we'll see how if there's any kind of rust going on over there. Uh, but anyway, moving on over to Denver. Boy, the dumpster fire never ends. We we thought maybe uh, they took since they had kind of a mini buy, uh, and Wilson kind of rested his shoulder. Uh, looked pretty good in the first quarter. Ten uh, complete passes, including over 100 yards passing and a touchdown to uh, Greg Dulcich, the uh, the rookie tight end. And then the rest of the game was dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, in the second half, Russ Wilson completed three of 15 passes for, I think, 15 yards. I mean, uh, wow. And if you were like me and needed just a decent game out of Cortland Sutton and lost your game because of it, uh, you have my sympathies. That's exactly what happened to me. And, of course, Chris, you and I hurt with Gordon, uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, getting three carries for eight yards in the entire game, sitting out the second half, even though he wasn't injured. I don't know what's going on there. But now Russell Wilson is day-to-day with a hamstring injury. He apparently picked this up in the fourth quarter, played through it. So the question is, uh, if you're Nathaniel Hackett, do you even think about benching Russell Wilson? And, uh, you know, what, what does this mean for fantasy? Is, is anyone out there still starting Russell Wilson? What, what, what's, what's your take? Uh, I, know, I know a lot of leagues, especially 10-team leagues, where Russell Wilson is no longer even rostered. So that's uh... – wow. So I'd be I'd be shocked if people were still desperate. Now maybe during these heavy bye weeks like this one, he he, he might be considered. But uh, yeah, he's he's been terrible. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's just flat out been terrible. If you watch the games, he's been on national TV back to back weeks. He's not seeing guys that are wide open, and when they are wide open and he sees them, he misses them badly. It's 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 just he's playing terrible. Um, I'm not entirely convinced that this uh, alleged hamstring injury is real. Uh, it, may, it might be a way to let him save face and get a little time on the bench. Uh, not that Drew Locke is some sort of, you know, great or whoever their backup is. Now, I don't even know who it is <laughs> in, in Denver. Uh, uh, I, their backup probably isn't in any great shape, but they can't keep running him out there. He's just been a ghastly disaster. I want to say uh, it's uh, Rippin. Uh, let me see. Brett yeah. Rippin, I think. Yeah. 
That's because uh, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now, right on, on the Mastermind Handy Dandy Death Charts. There you go, Brett Rippin is the number two. So uh, he can't can't be much worse than Russell Wilson, can no. he? No. Uh, yeah, I, I own uh, Russell Wilson, unfortunately, in a couple of leagues, and we're benching him all the way across. So we already benched him for Geno Smith, and <laughs> that didn't work out quite so well last week either. But, uh, you know, I have faith that, that Smith, that was just a one-game one, one type thing. I don't know what's going on. All I know is that if this continues another week, uh, I, I would have fired Nathaniel Hackett after this. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's bad. Uh, he's not making any kind of adjustments in halftime. Uh, when things go south, they 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 do the same old thing. Uh, it's just bad coaching all the way around. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, uh, it, it's tough to believe that Russell Wilson has, has fallen this far so quickly. Uh, you know, but it is what it is. Moving on over to another uh, team with a quarterback issue, and hopefully this one's going to uh, come out to be a, a smelling like a rose. Uh, Dak Prescott is finally uh, looking like he's going to play. He's got enough strength in that thumb. He's a uh, been cleared to practice completely to get through the whole week of practice. He's likely to start. And guess what? They get the Lions this week. Yes, the Detroit Lions, well, they're coming off a shutout and a bye. Uh, but uh, the offense is not the issue. The, the defense is always the issue for the Lions. So, uh, Chris, if you own Dak Prescott plug-and-play against Detroit this week? I don't see why not. I mean, I would say play him as you normally would have. If he was your starter, you put him back in because he's probably better than the backup you have. Again, the matchup is phenomenal. He, he's as well-rested. He's got better weapons than he had week one because now he has Michael Gallup back. Um, the, the other thing to think about is that there are four guys that are likely fantasy starters all on by this week, um, three for sure, and maybe even Stafford for some teams still, believe it or not. So there, there's a lot of guys missing. He's probably the best option you have. Um, we're fortunate. The one league I own Dak Prescott in, you and I have him as our basically our number three we picked him up uh, in a trade behind Tua and Joe Burrow. In this case, no, he's not plug and play. We're not going to start him over Joe Burrow. But if you normally would play him as your number one, I see no reason why you wouldn't. It's just a prime matchup. Everything looks good. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. The quarterback position this year has been crazy. Uh, there is basically five guys out there. Of course, Josh Allen has been leading every, everybody because he always puts up uh, seems 30 points. He's got a 40-point game. His low game is 27 in week four. you got Lamar Jackson has kind of cooled off, and so is Jalen Hurts a little bit. But Patrick Mahomes right there and Joe Burrow, number five. Uh, there's a big drop of 16 points there after Joe Burrow down to Kyler Murray. And then there's Chino Smith and Justin Herbert. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in the top ten, and, and Carson Wentz, who just went on, uh, you know, is going to be probably on IR, gone four to six weeks there. He's number ten. That tells you how bad the quarterback play has been across the league. And Russell Wilson is QB 17 right now. Aaron Rodgers 18, Derek Carr 20, Stafford is 21. So, yeah. And, and like you said, uh, I, I am in a 14-team uh, non-PPR. It's, it's the FF Webmasters Experts League. And my quarterbacks are Stafford and Ryan. So, yeah, I'm sitting, I'm, uh, Stafford's on a bye for me. Uh, and I'm, I'm starting Matt Ryan. I'm actually pretty happy about that. His matchup's not that bad against Tennessee. And he's coming off a huge game there. But you, you, the people out there, you, you know, Josh Allen's on a bye this week. Stafford's on a bye. Kirk Cousins on a bye. And, of course, Jalen Hurts and all of the Eagles are on a bye. So, yeah, it, it's tough. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, going to rank uh, Russell Wilson in our top 10 or 12 this week. But, you know, he's, he's probably going to be, uh, you know, in the mid-range, uh, maybe high-end QB2, just simply because there's so much talent sitting on the sideline. 
realize. One more question there. Dalton Schultz was a surprise inactive there for the Cowboys last week, even though he wasn't on the uh, the uh, injury list. We all know he's, he's battling the PCL injury. Maybe they just want to rest him and get him ready to play with Dak Prescott. Uh, we're fortunate in the fact that uh, you know we own Zach Ertz, so we're going to start Ertz this week. But if you own uh, Dalton Schultz, and your uh, other tight end is somebody like, uh, I don't know, Gerald Everett or, uh, uh, you know, uh, Robert Tanyan or something like that. Do you take the chance and start Dalton Schultz if he plays along with Prescott this week? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I think generally his, he gets a huge uptick with Prescott. If you look at his numbers with him, without him, they'd be much better with him. Uh, so I, I think if he was healthy, yes. The reason he sat out is that he had a setback. He had a re-injury on Saturday. Uh, before the game against the Eagles, and that was a big game. So if he wasn't able to go there, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not 100% that they take their chances against the Lions and Bears the next few weeks, give them the bye week, and bring them back in a month. So uh, I I would be really hesitant, unless you were pretty desperate, to start Schultz, despite the good matchup and despite um, uh, Dak Prescott being back this week. Okay. Well, obviously, uh, people check the injury reports and all, and if Schultz is on the injury report this week with that knee, then you know exactly what happened, how serious that setback was. Moving uh, uh, quickly over to the injuries, uh, uh, we know Tua uh, is going to uh, return to action this week. Uh, coming off that concussion, he sat out an extra week. That's being real careful there, but he's going to start. I uh, already mentioned Carson Wentz uh, expected to miss four to six weeks with a uh, fractured ring finger there. Uh, Mac Jones with the ankle. We don't know what's going on there because Bailey Zappi has been really – his. Uh, quarterback rating has been over 100 uh, in the games that he's played, so uh, Bill Belichick has a decision there to make. Uh, moving to the running back, Jonathan Taylor with the ankle. He sat uh, last week, hopefully comes back this week against the Titans. Uh, his running mate, if he doesn't play, uh, looks like Naheem Hines might come back from that concussion. We'll see. And, of course, Deion Jackson left that game last week, even though he almost uh, produced 30 PPR points with a quad injury. Uh, check the injury report there. Dondre Swift supposed to be back from uh, shoulder and ankle injuries this week after the bye. We'll see if he can practice. Uh, James Conner looks like a no-go for Thursday night. Uh, they, they call him day-to-day, but he didn't practice for second day in a row uh, with those ribs injuries. Same thing with Darrell Williams in the knee. Eno Benjamin filled in. Didn't get much done last week, but PPR, almost 10 points, not that bad. Uh, he's got a foot injury. He's been limited the last two days. Looks like he's going to start, so you probably roll him out there during this bye as he uh, is an uh, RB, uh, low-end RB2 or 3 uh, flex play. Damian Harris uh, almost played last week, even though the early report was he's going to miss a couple of weeks. We'll see if he can practice. Moving to wide receiver Keenan Allen, owners out there, yeah, uh, he, it looks like he's going to practice and play this week if he can get through the week without a setback. Already mentioned Rashard Bateman there. Uh, they say he's close to a return. We'll see if he can practice. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, foot and ankle, uh, uh, respectively, uh, they both sat uh, early this week, and they're likely out for Thursday night's game. Hopefully they can cut back next week. Marvin Jones, the hamstring, still status uncertain there, along with Julio Jones and a knee in Tampa. Moving to uh, tight end, uh, Darren Waller, you know, had that hamstring injury. Well, they had the bye. Uh, there's been no mention about what's going on there. We'll see if he can practice and play this week. If not, he's uh, it'll probably be Foster Moreau. He's, he's dinged up too. We'll see. Uh, Pat, uh, Pat uh, Farmuth, concussion. He's expected to play this week. And uh, Logan Thomas, with the calf injury, he's tried to practice and, and been limited and tried to come back. Didn't uh, couldn't make it this past week. Hopefully, he can play this week. Uh, I've got. Dawson Knox and Logan Thomas, and Knox is on a bye, so I'm, I'm there across my fingers, hopefully, that Logan can play this week. 
Anyway, uh, that's it for the injury list. If you want a complete uh, list of injuries, uh, please go to ffmastermind.com and try our uh, 4th and 1 injury report in our weekly fantasy newsletter. Uh, of course, we want to thank FanDuel for sponsoring our show for the entire season. Uh, tackle millions in prizes all football season long uh, in FanDuel Fantasy Contests. If you're new to fantasy, there's no better time to get in on the action because right now new customers do get a free single-game entry when you sign up for FanDuel. Single-game contests are a great way to get in on the action for the week's biggest matchups with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Just draft your five-player lineup and put your best player in the MVP position where fantasy points are multiplied by one and a half. Plus, on FanDuel, you can also play full-slate contests featuring multiple games, season-long best ball contests, and so much more. And when you win, you'll get paid fast, and I can uh, tell to that. I play their games often. So uh, kick off your uh, football season, if you haven't already, with a free single-game entry. Just download the FanDuel Fantasy app uh, from uh, your Google uh, Play Store and such and sign up with the promo code MASTERMIND. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D. Uh, that's promo code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D, to get your free single-game entry. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, everybody, check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff there, including our free NFL Quick Bits uh, flagship feature. Uh, free Eye in the Sky scanner reports are posted every week, including those covering the Colts uh, from Chris Rito, as well as uh, our fantasy newsletters, uh, our early season sales, twenty four ninety five. dollars uh, Next week, we're having our releasing our third redrafter. Uh, traditionally, we have our mid-season sale. So if you need help this week, you can get a discount. And if you want to wait one more week, you'll get a better discount next week. And, of course, follow me on tw- on Twitter, at FFMastermind. Let's get right to this week's picks to click and flick. These are the guys you want to consider starting or benching this week, depending on their matchup or their situation. All right, uh, Chris, uh, give me a couple of quarterbacks you like uh, this week and why. Yeah, first big bye week, I'm going to go with Matty Ice. Matt Ryan is a good sub here. Uh, every quarterback so far has scored above their season average in fantasy against Tennessee, including Matt Ryan just a couple weeks ago. This pass defense is just shoddy. They've, they're allowing over 26 points per game to quarterbacks. All by passing, they really have an oddity running to skew the stats. They've allowed over 300 yards, four straight games, multiple touchdowns in every game this year. Ryan has actually played Tennessee four times, and he's topped 300 yards in three of them. 
averaging 330 yards per game against the Titans. So with the pass blocking showing improvement and the run game gimpy, I think it's another high-volume day. And then I kind of like Kenny Pickett. Uh, he, I'm, I'm hoping he gets cleared from the concussion protocol in time for this week and regain his starting role. But I'd also feel okay about Mitch Trubisky here as well because the weakness of the Dolphins' defense kind of fits the style of both of these guys. Um, the Dolphins have allowed the second-most passing yards and have been far worse against quarterbacks with a little mobility and with wide receiver core with multiple options, which is exactly what Pittsburgh has. Um, they've allowed the most rushing yards by quarterbacks so, as well so far as well. So, and the fourth most points to the position. So I'd feel okay on a bye week to start either Pittsburgh quarterback in a game that they're probably going to have to throw to keep up. All right. A couple of guys I like this week. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, well, he kind of struggled last week early on, but then he uh, got it going. Uh, they ended up losing to the Falcons, and they might lose again to the Chiefs this week, but that secondary is not very good. Uh, he's going to have to throw, I think, uh, to keep up with uh, Patrick Mahomes and company. So he's, I think he's going to have success there, maybe at least another couple touchdowns there. So start him if you need him. And, of course, Dak Prescott, if he returns, yeah, he's going to light up the, uh, the Lions in a big return game this week for at least a couple touchdown passes, uh, probably to Lamb and or Gallup. Uh, so start him uh, if you own him and or need him in your situation. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, uh, Justin Fields, Chicago. Wow, the Patriots defense uh, is just uh, locking everybody down when they play him, shutting them down. I wouldn't expect more than one touchdown here, whether it's a run or a pass, uh, and it could be neither. Uh, so uh, look elsewhere uh, for better uh, fantasy production other than Justin Fields. And Marcus and Mariota. The Bengals have given up just five TD passes in six games, so Marietta might end up running for one in, but uh, this game is in, uh, in Cincinnati, so uh, kind of concerned about him there. Uh, hopefully he won't need to start uh, or consider Marcus Mariota this week. How about you, Chris, a couple of uh, quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? I don't like Jared Goff this week. I mean, the Cowboys' defense has held every quarterback below his average for the season by about four points per game on average. They're allowing 16 points per game, nobody above 18 so far. Um, Goff's status right now is a quarterback six in, in fantasy was already in question, and the shutout in week five didn't help that perception. So uh, with, with all his numbers, he's still only topped 300 yards once this year, and Dallas has held five of six quarterbacks under 212 yards. Even with garbage time stats, I, I don't relish him going into Dallas and doing much. And my big caution play of the week would be Derek Carr. Um, Even facing his brother's old team, uh, the Texans have actually allowed a below-average amount of scoring to the fantasy quarterback, under 17 points per game. Four of five opposing quarterbacks have been held below their average, primarily due to the very weak run defense, which is the focus of the opposing offenses, and and no negative game script. So this is going to be a Jacobs with the volume and a very low-volume play for Carr. But that hamstring injury to Waller, like you mentioned earlier, and maybe even some late-week discipline for Devontae Adams from his shoving incident, I think his prospects will just continue to drop, and I expect very low numbers this week from him. Okay, how about a running back? A couple of running backs you like and why? Uh, I like J.K. Dobbins. I know he missed the end of last week with his knee acting up, but I think this was more precautionary than a real problem. Assuming he goes this week, he's going to tee off on a Browns run defense that has allowed the most ground touchdowns in the league second-most rushing yards, and third-most running back fantasy points. I think Lamar's been struggling to hold leads lately, too, so I think he might have some volume and efficiency and be a solid two this week, even with Kenny and Drake taking some touches. Drake had a nice second half when Dobbins left, so if, if for any reason Dobbins is out, I think Drake moves into becoming a high-end number, too, with no one to share touches with. And then a really sneaky, cheap DFS or PPR play for those guys needing a guy off your waiver wire, I'm going to go with Kyle Juszczyk. Um, the Chiefs have allowed far and away the most receiving stats to running backs through six weeks, and they've very quietly been the fourth most generous to the position overall in PPR. 
Uh, they've allowed six different running backs to have five catchers or more in a game and seven running backs to exceed 12 PPR fantasy points. So if you need a quick fix, check is available. He's unowned in about 90%, 95% of leagues. Uh, Jeff Wilson's a good pass catcher too, but he's disappeared from the game plan in the backfield when the 49ers trail like they may against the Chiefs this week. Okay, a uh, couple of guys that I like this week uh, at running back, uh, Kenneth Walker. I think it's uh, obviously he's going to score against the Chargers uh, struggling run defense this week. So uh, if you got Walker, plug and play. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, it's, it's the matchup against Detroit. It's just too juicy. I know he shares uh, carries with Pollard, but he looked pretty good on that touchdown run against the Eagles uh, Sunday night. So I think he's going to score this week. So start uh, uh, Zeke with uh, confidence. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week. CEH is a caution play. 49ers defense, very tough, and also CH not getting uh, the bulk of the touches overall. It's now gone to a three-man uh, committee there with uh, Pacheco and uh, McKinnon. Be careful there. And David Montgomery, Chicago, please temper your expectations against the very tough Patriots defense there for David Montgomery. And also, he's yielding some carries there to uh, Khalil Herbert. So that's the situation there. How about you, Chris, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? I don't like James Robinson. He's still losing touches to ETN. He's been inefficient with his touches. Robinson's very reliant on touchdowns for his fantasy value. The Giants have only allowed two rushing touchdowns all year, and they've been generally beaten by the speedier backs and shut down the bigger backs. Um, Robinson's only scored 15 PPR points his last three games combined, while ETN has been in double digits three of his last four without scoring a touchdown. So I think Robinson has a much lower floor and more that could keep him off the field. So he's a flick this week, trending towards a permanent flick for me. And then my caution play for the week is Jonathan Taylor. I do think he's going to play this week, uh, but there's not a lot to like about this matchup, even if he's 100% healthy. The Titans are allowing the third fewest fantasy points per game to running backs. They've only allowed one total touchdown to the position through five games. Only one guy's top eight PPR points since week one, and they held a healthy Taylor to an anemic 20 carries for 42 yards just a few weeks ago. Four career games against Tennessee, Taylor's been in single digits three times, averaging under 10 PPR points per game. And Nashville, he's averaging 6.6 points per game. I think you just you got to start him, but you can't expect too much to see. Yeah, you've, uh, unfortunately, you're right. If he does play, people will start him everywhere. How about uh, a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Like DeAndre Hopkins. Those of you that held him since draft day, you're going to be rewarded with a huge opening bang Thursday night, I think. Saints have been among the worst in the NFL, allowing points to the wide receiver, and the top dog has generally done all the damage, even when Marshawn Lattimore was healthy, and he doesn't look healthy again this week. Uh, with the struggles in the run game and New Orleans' stout run defense, I think Murray's going to throw early and often. He's going to look to get his anxious stud back into play, and then, like you mentioned earlier, the loss of Marquise Brown only accelerates the need. He's also going to be well-rested and motivated, and since it's a short week, everyone else is going to be tired and sore. He won't be. I think this is going to increase his effectiveness. And then a sneakier guy that's been struggling recently, I like Deontay Johnson this week. There's only one guy in the top 40 in targets without a touchdown, and that's Deontay Johnson. He's brimming with opportunity. His numbers are deceivingly low since he hasn't scored a touchdown to date. He's eighth in targets, 11th in receptions, but 42nd in points. So he's a sleeper pick for PPR this week because I think he faces a Dolphins pass defense that has been less than stellar, especially guarding the wide receiver position and then the underneath routes that are Johnson's uh, specialty. So he was much better with Trubisky. So if Trubisky starts, I think he gets even a little bit more uh, of an uptick here. Okay, uh, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. You already mentioned the uh, the terrible Titans secondary. And, of course, everyone's going to start Michael Pittman. But now you can also start Al, Al Pierce. Didn't get very much volume last week, but guess what? He's still 
scored and caught the game when he uh, a touchdown there, and I think he's going to score again this week. So you stick him in your lineup if you need him as a, a WR three, a solid three. Uh, also, a sneaky play against the Jaguars this week, Wandell Robinson. There you go. He only played 15 snaps last week, and yet he got the score. So it's not how much you play sometimes. It's where you're playing and how you're being used, and he is healthy now. So uh, he might end up being the number one wide receiver for that team uh, in another couple weeks here. A couple guys I'm uh, concerned about, uh, just what a waste of talent, Elijah Moore. How the heck does he not even not, not catch a pass and wasn't even targeted last week? But uh, and he went on social media and said, hey, you know, I could complain about it, but then I'd be the selfish guy. I'm just I want to support my guys who are winning, yada yada yada. And Robert Sell, it's going to be interesting if the squeak the wheel gets uh, oil because he uh, saw that and he said, hey, we we had to talk about it. You know, he he it's not the lack of effort there. You know, his time will come. He'll he'll get his. We'll see. But I don't know. Uh, right now, you can't start him. DJ Moore in Carolina. Oh wow, the poor poor back play. When the coach says, uh, we know the DJ wants to do more, but what heck of a block on that play. You know, DJ, you're way to help out your teammates. Yeah, that's not what he signed up for and why he's being paid millions of dollars. DJ Moore needs to catch passes, and he's not catching passes right now, so you sit him. Uh, how about uh, you, Chris, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, following Elijah Moore's disappearing act, the rookie Garrett Wilson has been following suit since Zach Wilson took over as well. Four catches in two games after averaging 10 targets a game with Flacco. Uh, and you look at snap counts relative to the big zero more, he's still languishing far behind him as well. So I think the opportunities are scarce, um, and he's, he needs big plays to succeed, and the Broncos just don't allow those. There's only one wide receiver touchdown through six weeks and only one wide receiver top 80 yards. They also only allow short stuff. They're the only team averaging under 10 yards per catch to receivers allowed. So Garrett Wilson is not going to get it this week. And then Curtis Samuel, I mean, he's led the commanders and targets all six games. But his productivity has dropped off after the first couple. And more importantly, Taylor Heineke stepping in at quarterback. He's likely to lean more on the guy he knows from last year when he was rolling early in 2021. And that's Gary Terry, not uh, Curtis Samuel, who's also owned the Packers in limited chances. So Green Bay tends to allow a low volume of passing and not a whole lot to the slot. So I think Samuel should continue on his downward volume trend because Washington is going to lean on the run game to get them where they need to go and keep the ball out of Rodgers' hands. No upside and a solid floor that's sinking. Okay, how about uh, tight end? A couple of guys you like and why? I love Hayden Hurst. He's been very matchup dependent, lighting up some teams that have struggled with the tight end, and the Falcons are such a team. Uh, most of the teams atop the list for allowing tight end points have been skewed by one ludicrous week by, like, Kelsey or Taysom or Hawkinson, but Atlanta's been consistently weak just about every week. Um, Hurst lit up one of his former teams, Baltimore, for 17 PPR points two weeks ago, and his reunion tour is going to continue this week against the Falcons team that misused and mistreated him for two seasons and then replaced him. So I think he's got some high motivation for a revenge play this week. And then I love David Njoku this week. Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson have all had monster days in the last three weeks. And you know who has the most receiving yards by a tight end in that span? It's David Njoku. He's quietly become an every-week high-end PPR starter as a tight end one without scoring a ton of touchdowns because of his volume and his productivity, 15 PPR points per game. The Ravens, meanwhile, have given up tight end touchdowns in four of their five games so far, and Njoku with, with a pay dirt this season, a pay dirt this season, would be a high-end tight end one. He's also played Baltimore four times in his career. He scored in three of those games, and he only has 13 career touchdowns in his other 67 games, so I think he's due for a touchdown in a big game this week. 
All right, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, Gerald Everett, uh, the Chargers. Uh, well, guess what? The Seahawks are the worst at the defending against a tight end. And, of course, now they are going to get Keenan Allen back this week. But uh, uh, Parham, uh, the other tight end, on one of the other big tight end on the team is in concussion protocol. I think Gerald Everett's going to see his and probably score this week against the Seahawks. Uh, good opportunity there for him. And George Kittle slowly heating up. Well, guess what? He's going to be needed to produce against the Chiefs this week if they have any chance to win. So I think he's going to score this week. So you're going to plug and play there, but you go into the game with a little more confidence uh, with the fact that I think Kittle is going to produce for you. Uh, my uh, two guys that I'm not uh, crazy about, or well, one of them already talked about, Logan Thomas, a calf injury, tough Packers, tight end defense, equal fantasy bench. Hopefully uh, you can go somewhere else. I might end up having to bid on somebody for fab <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, and then the other guys, Will Disley, no offense, plus tough chargers, tight end defense, equal fantasy bench. So, uh, you know, back to the bench you go, Mr. Will Disley, after having some early season success, is kind of tail off there. How about you, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, tight end's tough this week because there's a lot of guys on by and a lot of the top guys have tough matchups, but there are some good streamers that be kind of one-hit wonders. Now, TJ Hawkinson is about the only top guy I would consider replacing with a streamer this week. He simply has not produced this season aside from that one fluke week against a terrible defense with every other skill guy missing for Detroit. In his other four games, he gets the top 38 yards or four catches. So he's a very low weekly floor. Dallas has also failed to allow a single tight end to top 46 yards this season or score a touchdown. And one is not top 50 yards since Kelsey squeaked over that in week 11 of last year. They've been even better at home, allowing no tight end to top seven PPR points or 24 yards. Hawkinson's going to have to chip some edge rushers, so he's not going to be very efficient either. So I think you find a streamer if you're running, riding Hawkinson. And uh, uh, another guy I really don't like, one guy who's not a one-hit wonder candidate is Hunter Henry. That was last week. <laughs> Henry had one nice week, but don't chase those old numbers. The stats for the rest of his games look even worse than Hawkinson's, and the team he faces this week does a much more sterling job defending the tight end. Don't chase those aberration points from last week. He's going to be a glorified tackle this week as the Patriots run, run, run at the Bears. So his three points per game average with the goose egg floor is more in line from what I expect this week from him. Okay, it's time for your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris. I love Riley Patterson this week. Jacksonville's offense has struggled in the red zone, and the G-men have allowed the second-most field goal attempts and a minimum of nine points every game to the kicker. And then I like Greg Zerline. Denver's been very generous to the kicker, like four touchdowns or four field goals a game every week, and the thin air should be a boon to the cannon leg Legatron. So I like the resurgent Jets offense to get him in position, and I expect at least one long bomb for those distance-scoring folks out there. Uh, defenses go, I like the Packers going into Washington. They're, they're only about 50% owned. Uh, they're still about 50% on, I should say, despite scoring poorly for three straight weeks. They may have been dropped. Yeah, they get a backup quarterback with a porous offensive line, leading the NFL in sacks allowed. That's a good recipe for success. And I like the Jets going into Denver. Uh, Wilson's offense has obviously been very generous. They're on a short week. And the Jets is the number two defense in the last three weeks, yet remains almost completely unowned. So you probably get them off your waiver wire. Okay. Uh, well, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazrek. See you all next week when we offer our Week 8 preview. Good night and good luck to everyone this week. Football! Football? You know, a yeah. physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!